welcome to the Arrow Panel, episode 43. It's a dance game discussion show where we dis- discuss dance games. I am one of your co-hosts, Dalton Runberg, aka Blue Chow, at RunDaltonRun on Twitter. Hello, I am Demo, aka Omid, at Bromead, and to my left is... I'm Roger Clark, at Roger Clark on Twitter. And with us today, we have a very, very special guest. I don't know how we have not had her on the show before. <laughs> For real. Fan favorite and winner of Valkyrie Ascension, uh, Ambones, Amber. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Our pleasure. And you're joining from Seattle, right? I am. And I still have kind of a broken voice from this weekend. So thanks for bearing with me. I think we all do. Yeah, we've just been yelling a lot. (laughs) What was the word you used earlier, Roger? Crusty. 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 We're all just crusty, crusty crustaceans. Uh, Don't mind us. Yeah. So uh, we just got done with uh, Infinity Stage, which was uh, a very, very large music game tournament here uh, in the Bay Area, in San Jose, at round one, uh, where we had more than 200 entrants total, I guess including spectators, I guess, uh, among seven different music games. And 10 tournaments. 10 tournaments, infinite hype. (laughs) Uh, Infinite stages. Yeah, it was... There were actually a limited amount of stages. There were, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was... Quite the tournament. What'd you guys think? Yeah, for DDR, we had uh, 122 people enter the tournament. We had to stop wow. letting people join because if we kept going, then we might not have been able to actually finish the tournament. So we had 122 people entered. I'm assuming that if we hadn't capped it, we probably would have gotten two or 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Sounds accurate. It, it, the, it, was, it, was, it was a great tournament. I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I was the TO for DDR and uh, definitely got a lot of help from a bunch of other people, including Dalton here and Omid. And, uh, and I, Amber on yeah, commentary. Yeah, and Amber on, yeah. on commentary. So yeah. it was a pretty much a huge team effort. Kind of the whole DDR community came, uh, mm-hmm. came together to uh, celebrate what we all love, which is music games. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, Super fun tournament, like probably the most fun I've ever had. Um, And Amber actually participated in a couple DDR tournaments. How'd those go, Amber? They were so great. Um, I feel like I was pretty purely on the participant side, aside from just, you know, some commentary. Um, But the Valkyrie Ascension tournament, which was the first in-person tournament for Valkyrie Dimension, was just beyond incredible. Um, I think it was uh, over 40 women who participated, which is just absolutely astounding. Um, And then I also played in Upper for DDR, which was also incredible. So three long, tough days, but it was, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think you probably played more matches than anybody (laughs) else that weekend. Probably. Uh, Having to run through Valkyrie pools and you did the top four uh, round robin for Valkyrie Dimension, yeah. and then you made it into top sixteen. Yeah. For for upper, I mean, you were hauling. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about Valkyrie, the Valkyrie Dimension tournament, and like what exactly it is, and what it what it means to you? Sure. Um, I mean, it's really hard to say all of this in words, but I will do my best um, just to to do it justice. But uh, Valkyrie Dimension um, is a tournament series run by the Galaga ship. Um, you can check it out at ValkyrieDimension.com. Um, but up to this point, it's been, I think, three 
three remote tournaments. So all, you know, go to your local arcade, participate, play a certain set of songs um, against, you know, different women around the U.S. and also internationally, which has been really exciting. Um, and it's culminated now in what just happened, which was the Valkyrie Ascension tournament. So the first in-person version of this. Um, so still, you know, under the Valkyrie Dimension umbrella, but it was TO'd in this case by Sarah from California, as well as um, Cygnus too. So they both really rallied to put together, yeah, just a really incredible experience for women to join, compete together. Um, and it broke off in this case uh, into two divisions. So lower division was about 10 ladies. Upper division was, I think, a little over 30. Um, and it was just incredible. It was like an atmosphere unlike anything I've ever experienced. And um, through really the remote tournament series, you get to communicate and compete and chat with and encourage so many different women um, through the internet. So getting to actually meet people, I think like any tournament, right, that you get to participate in, go to in person, um, it's just so powerful to put faces to names. Um, and yeah, it was really, really exciting. It was really unlike anything else. And the competition was just absolutely incredible. So can't sleep on yeah anyone who really played in the tournament either. The competition is actually insane. Like I, I know through some of the remote tournaments that Amber is uh, alluding to, I know for Valkyrie Arena, which was like a big team light versus dark themed uh, kind of tournament, um, two women, Malia and um, Elaine, they were like constantly tying, like the like these two women were like top tier rivals. Like they're constantly tying on song week after week, and they're both getting better together. And that is like kind of what I've seen as a third party, uh, like spectator basically in this community. Um, two people I play with the most are women, Jez and Sarah. Shouts to them. Um, but yeah, like it's so cool seeing you all just like elevate each other and get good together through competing. And I just like love that it exists and like it's just the tournament was so fun to watch round robin was so hype and that pfc uh on the 17 by by eggy yeah. like those moments of like you have really reached the pinnacle of ddr like 17 pfc's in a tournament are that's like it's absolutely ludicrous like i don't know how many we saw that in the in the main tech tournament um, not that many not that many i yeah. would say like less than three Two, maybe? I mean, if you don't count Chris. Sure. Well, Chris is not really on this plane of existence, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, just yeah. utterly like, super impressive showing. Yeah, Iggy got, everyone. got Be a Hero. Um, and then... 51. Yeah, 51, 51, 51 yeah. perks, yeah. new personal best, yeah. which was crazy to see in person. Yeah. Like, the crowd was going wild. Absolutely. Um, and didn't Elaine and Malia, like, they tied. They tied. During they their tied. Match. They tied. They <laughs> tied. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, those two yeah. can't not tie. Like apparently, they're just third. There were just there were so many close matches. Mm -hmm. Like even totally. even the top four round robin, uh, which you know you were part of Amber. Yes. There were just so many matches that were like ten mm -hmm. ex or less. 
Yeah, uh, and I think just to, to talk about that a little bit, I mean, Eggie's 17 PFC is probably the reason why I lost my voice. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, I could not stop screaming. I was so <laughs> excited watching that. Um, and then, you know, the other women in the top four, Kat is incredible. She got one miss on Prey, mm-hmm. the 18, which was incredible to see. So just like blew past her personal vest. She also competed in literally every tournament that weekend. And um, I think she got second for in the Infinity Cup, yep, yep. which is just unreal. Like I was so tired playing in two tournaments. I can't imagine just, you know, how she rallied that much energy <laughs> to do that. And then looking at, you know, Sarah to close out, you know, the round robin top four, she was, she, I think, triple A'd every 17 that she played. And she played a lot of 17s in the round robin. (laughs) And she was also TOing. It was just really like, yeah, absolutely blown away just by the top four. And um, I mean, I was petrified of each and every one of them. And I think anyone listening should be yeah. <laughs> in facing them in literally I, any tournament. I would not want to face any of you in a tournament. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, so w- what do you guys think is the the hardest part? I mean, e- Amber, you mentioned, uh, you know, Kat entering all the tournaments and being, you know, exhausted. And you only being in a, like two and being exhausted. Like, what do you guys think is the hardest part about these like big, like multi-day tournaments? It's a good question. Like, uh, like as a, I guess, as a competitor or as a spectator. I mean, it's for me, it's just kind of like having to balance everything. Like you're trying to play, and then you're also trying to socialize. You know, yeah. you're meeting a bunch of new people, um, and then you know the people who are helping out with the tournament. You know, you're doing all that. Like it, it's. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but it's also kind of stressful sometimes. Yeah, I think I have a slightly different answer from the three of you because I'm, uh, if you don't know this, I'm type 1 diabetic. And so for me, like, my main concern is just, like, being at the right blood sugar level so that I can focus on the game and not, like, either pass out from, like, hyper or hypoglycemia. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I actually had to battle through what I thought was, like, starting to be ketoacidosis this weekend. Um, Like, my blood sugar, for some reason, spiked, like, 350, which, like, normal level is, like, 7 to 100. Oh, wow. And I, like, and, like, one of the symptoms is, like, is, like, needing to vomit. And so, like, I was in the bathroom, like, thinking that I was sick, and I looked at my blood sugar, and it was, like, crazy elevated. So that's something that I have to struggle with is just, like, for tournaments, my main focus is, like, make sure my blood sugar isn't out of whack. Um, other than that, I would say it's all about focus, and it's all for me. It's all mental. I need to keep my mental game straight. I know I'm good enough. I know I can. I have the technical skill, and so for me, it's just like I'm not going to get nervous. And if I am, I'm going to ch- channel it into like MFC energy, right? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like public speaking technique where you try to channel your nervous energy into being excited about what you're about to do. Um, so yeah, those I would say it's just like health and or mental. <laughs> yeah, uh, is for is for me. What do, what do you both think? I think that these multi-day events are, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to go into it knowing what you're getting into mm-hmm. and sort of budget your your time and energy on various, like, concerns. And I think that uh, definitely I heard from a lot of people that were like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I, I think eating is important, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I think most of the tournaments nowadays or the the really big ones i guess we can officially call them majors now uh the major tournaments 
kind of have kind of all moved to that pool format where you have these mini tournaments that are staggered throughout the day and you know you know when you're going to be in a match and when you're not so you can go and take care of yourself and go sit in a quiet room. There, there were plenty of times over the weekend where I just, you know, I was like, can I get away for 10 minutes so I can go outside and sit in the silence for 10 minutes mm-hmm. just so I can, you know, reorient my psychology to come back and do it some more. Um, and I, I think this this discussion ties into what I wanted to talk about mostly tonight, which is how to stay motivated and what gives you motivation to play DDR as much as we do and to keep playing, to keep trying, and all that stuff. I think the tournament in general was like really big for me in terms of motivating me to want to keep playing again. So I, I, I had spent a bunch of time trying to organize the, the, the DDR tournament, and I hadn't actually been playing that much over the past few months. And now that it's over, I, I just I saw players like like Amber and Omid and Dalton the whole time, and I'm like, you know, I I gotta get good again. <laughs> and it's just like, I think that's kind of what I want to, what I'd like to talk about tonight is because mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of players who, you know, they they kind of you you stop playing for a couple weeks, and then it turns into three weeks, turns into four weeks, and then before long you're you're out you're out of the game and how do you get back in yeah i think it's a great topic and i think amber i i've seen you tweet like maybe four times since the tournament ended i love dance dance revolution so maybe (laughs) maybe you would be great to kind of kick us off and like where where are those tweets coming from like what like going back to what roger just you know touched on like what keeps you loving dance dance revolution why what motivates you to keep coming back Totally. And it's such a hard question because I feel like it is, it can be so deeply personal. So I, I have probably known all three of you for years and years and years now. And, um, I, you know, I've been playing dance games for probably over 15 years at this point with a very long, very, very long break, um, somewhere in the middle. And I just started playing ACE again, um, maybe a year and a half ago. So I remember, you know, picking it back up and DDR was so hard and it was so scary going back into the game because the whole interface is very unfamiliar. You have some nostalgic songs that you can connect to, but there's so much new content and the difficulty is just so like off a cliff compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, my comfortable days of DDR Extreme and oh Max 300, I don't need to play it. It's one of like three or four boss songs. That's fine. Um, yeah, and we I didn't think, have Pluto the first back then. Oh my god! Right, right. <laughs> I don't think I would, I would be playing today if that was the case. Yeah, well, worrying about one stop in Max 300. Yeah, that's it's like have you right. have you played Pluto totally. the first? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think for me it was like. It initially just started back with the novelty of playing again and then just being able to see and be re-energized by the community. Um, So seeing, I mean, just what top tier players are capable of and, you know, being absolutely blown away by that and thinking, you know, back of my head, I can never achieve that. Um, And honestly, you know, for me, I think the biggest turning point in just my own progression forward was playing in the first Valkyrie Dimension remote tournament. So um, I remember at that point, you know, I'd passed maybe 
518s and I got my highest score on an 18 in that tournament which was I think like a 920 on elemental creation challenge and I was like oh I'm so uncomfortable playing hard <laughs> songs and they're so hard but I did not know I was capable of getting over a 900k on one of these songs so I'm going to keep trying to do that so I think for me one of my biggest motivations is you know the game is still it still feels fairly new I dropped off the face of the earth for a while came back in whole new game but just the community is so accepting and so motivating and there's so much content to learn that you know when you're starting out especially just find stuff that is really fun and that you enjoy and get connected to the game in that way and then see what you can do to push your boundaries so i think for me it is just i'm at this point where i'm continuing to push my boundaries of what i'm capable of and you know at this point i have 218 triple a's which is crazy <laughs> and just like i'm so excited to see what happens next because i just don't know i've never played this hard in my life and it's the coolest thing to like look back at my scores a year ago compared to what I'm doing today. So for me, it is just seeing that progression too. Did you guys have any particular matches in the tournament that you thought like, you were like, okay, like I, I, I want to leave the tournament and I want to go play. And like, what, what about that made you want to do that? Um, <clears throat> my match against Steven, uh, Ninja Far, I think kind of made me feel like that. We'd both not really been playing DDR that much lately. Like, I took a couple month break, and he's been focusing on ITG and stuff. Um, and I've had to face him in I don't even know how many tournaments. Yeah, it and seems like it always happens. It, it just, it always happens. And I I think, I was trying to figure out with him, like, the last time I had beat him in a tournament, which was, like, 2008 <laughs> uh, US Open ITG2 tournament. Um... So, you know, it'd been like over a decade, but, you know, still just getting to, to play against him. And like, you know, we grew up kind of in Fresno playing together. Um, I mean, it just kind of ties to the whole sense of the community that, you know, Amber talked about. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest driver for me is really just the community. It's just like I have so many friends and just like even people I'm not like super close with that. You know, I just kind of want to motivate them to play too. You know, that's yeah. why we do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and run tournaments and everything. Like trying to, uh, you know, like even if I'm not playing as much as I used to, or I'm not as good of a player as I used to be, um, it's just kind of being a part of the community and tr like you know trying to sort of give back. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so that, that's a big part of my motivation at least. And like, I you know I still do enjoy playing. Um. But and Amber had mentioned nostalgia too, and so that's kind of how I felt in that that match against Steven, is that it just felt like the old days playing at Nickel Arcade, mm -hmm. um, just a little bit a little bit different songs. I, I was really impressed by the fact that you, you chose uh, Spanish Snowy Dance Challenge as your pocket pick, and we can talk a little bit about that the pocket pick thing here in a moment. But you chose that song, and. Uh, from what I could see when when we were doing the commentary, like watching the match, Steven had a better score than you. Which I was not aware of. Um, I, I I think I realized after the fact that I had picked it, I was like, oh, wait, I think Steven has this. I mean, because we had to select the pocket pick before the bracket began. Yeah. So you, you only knew your first match, and I guess you could kind of like look ahead before you chose what your pocket pick was. But So you can't super like counter 
it against somebody. Um, and actually, I don't even know why I picked that. I was kind of going. <laughs> I was kind of going back and forth between. I mean, I had played it. Uh, or like earlier in the day or the day before in a match or like in a warm-up set or something and i got like five greats on it i was like oh yeah it's a really technical song like this you know would might be you know trip people up like people don't like playing it i really like it like it's, it's hard as hell it, it, it's 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 one of my favorite 17s um i mean my my other options that i was considering were schrodinger's cat challenge because i just love that chart um same and uh, Air Heroes Challenge, I was thinking. Because mm. I, re- I recently PSC'd that, like, twice in the same day. But I was like, I was like, ah, I don't know. That that ending is so fickle. Like, Yeah, and Steven's MA is very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. Um, and then somebody, like, later was like, oh, what about Idola Challenge? I was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Idola, even though I PSC'd it. So we, in this tournament, we copied a, uh, a mechanic called Pocket Pick from the... Uh, Mistake on the Lake tournament by Renatalis. And the the pocket pick mechanic is, so during the tournament, um, before the bracket begins, you choose one song within a specific range. In this case, it was 15 through 19 that you could choose any song where at one point during the tournament, whenever you were drawing your songs, you could replace one of the random songs with your song Mm -hmm. and you would you would basically guarantee that you played it um and we we kind of wanted to do this because the the tendency in ddr tournaments nowadays has tended to be uh every match is a set of random songs and there's not a whole lot of strategy going in there there's a little bit of strategy whenever you're what we do is veto one song for each player each song gets gets a choice of uh one song to eliminate from the list but Aside from that, it's it's there's not a whole lot of strategy or a whole lot of personalization involved. Mm-hmm. So the pocket pick mechanism is a way for us to sort of go back to the days of pick pick random, where you just you have you have this song that you're really good at and you just you want to use it against someone. So I, th- I think it, it makes for like really good story for when you're talking about the match, mm-hmm. and also it's I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. What'd you, I, what did you guys think? I like it a lot because my like. I count on my MA to win me matches and not so much my ability to like full combo 19s like some people whose names rhyme with, um, you know, Chris Chike. Um, so I think it's just like, <clears throat> you know, like you said, not only do you get to pick those uh, laser focused songs that maybe you've practiced while others haven't, it's also just a chance for you to show off like, Look, this is my song, and if you want to beat me on it, you got to get like five perfect. You know, you got to get three perfect. Three, yeah, I was gonna right. say you got four. Right. On. So I think it's just like I-, I totally agree with you, Roger. Like it's super fun. Like as we try to elevate DDR as an esports, like we need these through lines that are just like, you know, for me the perfect analogy in my head that I always imagine is like the old school WWF WWE um, music anthems. Like yeah. when you hear the glass break, you know it's Stone Cold about to like come in and like stunner people right so i think it's like that kind of that kind of feeling of like it's like you see the car drawn you're like nope want it sue me and it's like they're like oh no no it's going down right it's like it's popping off like that that's really fun i think now i'm just imagining you like walking out to a wrestling arena as watatsumi is just like blasting (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's a really cool idea and i think um i think we should even continue to evolve what kind of 
um, not just nostalgic draw, but what kind of extra metagaming can we add to tournaments yeah. that makes it more exciting, both for spectators, because I think it's there's an element there that we're not really tapping into. Like, yeah. can spectators have some influence on the outcome? Can they vote, etc.? Or, like, more personal strategy of like exit for example like i feel like i could beat chris on 15 to 16s like i really i really feel like i'm more consistent than he is but can i beat him on 17 to 19s probably like one out of 30 songs like on just the chance that he gets tired you know what i mean so it's like so for me like i'm at a heavy disadvantage the further we go in the tournament because i just haven't practiced that skill set but what if i could draw on my skill set and beat him at something that maybe he is weaker than me at so i don't know there's a there's a lot of weird play with did you do you have any opinions about the pocket pick mechanism amber oh several um i mean i love it like i totally love it because it's just such an interesting element of strategy but i think even outside of that it's such a cool thing you know to look at card draw tournaments where it really is just a roll of the dice on what you're going to play but the pocket pick gives you the ability to really see some players play their absolute best game, which is so much fun. So I think, you know, sitting back and watching, you know, Omid go ahead and get four on Wadatsumi, that's so exciting because it is, you know, it's something that is very strategic and it's something where that's the song you wanted to play and just seeing people crush the songs that they are excited about is such a different atmosphere. Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like in these tournaments with in- Infinity Stage, I got it totally like both ways where it was pocket picks against me, I got just destroyed on, <laughs> um, but the other way, you know, really being able to play my best. So just as an example, um, and this is kind of funny, Dalton, going back to you too, where um, I got Air Heroes picked on me as a pocket pick, and I'm terrible at that song. I have not taken the time to learn it. I know it's frustrating. I know there are a lot of turns. It has been on my back burner for a long time. And Eggy, who picked it against me, knew that. So <laughs> it was so, it was such a good move on her part. And um, for me, you know, feeling very exposed in a tournament, that was my match where I immediately wanted to go back and just go to the arcade and practice that song. So um, just, yeah, like Fresno Frenzy, if you were there for the trigger incident, that was how I felt <laughs> with, yeah, with Air Heroes here. Um, but at the same time, you know, going in and being able to, um, in top 16 for DDR Upper, pick Ishtar Challenge, which is one of my favorite songs, and just confidently nail it the way that I knew I could. It just felt really good to get that level of play in there. Um, before you know, I got kicked out of the tournament. <laughs> but, I mean, um, that, that's a risk. Yeah. That's a risky pick. It is like probably like the riskiest pick you could pick. I feel like, I I, or like not if, if, not if you're Amber. <laughs> well, exactly. No, but I mean, like that's crazy that like I would not. Yeah, I would feel not like, never pick that. I would like, ne- I'm gonna get a shock arrow. I'm gonna get like ten misses in a row. Yeah, yeah. It's no, I mean, so just for you to be that confident at that song, right. which I know that yeah. you, you are. Um, it's just wild. I mean, so I think the pocket picks also add another layer of excitement of when somebody picks their pocket pick. You know, the crowd. We need some better way of telling yeah. the crowd when people pick we their do. pocket pick. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. showing the card draw. Like there's a, there's for, a lot of stuff that we can do. For, for the, Air the, horns. Yeah. Trap, yeah. trap beats. But, but, you know, like... <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> at least the stream audience, we can tell them like, oh, so and so used their pocket pick. Like and you know that builds a little bit of hype of like oh dang just, just and, have like a yeah. like a pocket pick sound effect pocket pick pocket pick pocket pick. <laughs> some like splash animation yeah. like some uh, confetti um so I mean there's that aspect of it but also when people get upset on their pocket picks yeah mm-hmm. it adds another level of hype like oh like yeah. you know they got beat on their own song kind of. Um, that happened we, we, to me because Sappy didn't realize that I had a higher score than him on Triple Journey Challenge. Oh wow. Because he had nine nine eight even, and I had nine nine eight four hundred. Yeah, so and d- that was his pocket a, pick, a grade or something. Yeah, yeah, and I ended up beating him on MA. So yeah, I mean, the, there's yeah a lot of you know strategy that goes into it, like when to use it, because you only get it once per yeah. tournament. So it's like, are, are you just trying to make it out of top sixteen? Mm-hmm. Like, do you use it that first round of top sixteen just so that you can like have a better shot of making it to the next round, or do you want to save it? If you're, you know, going into the next round, um, you know, thinking you might need it like a little bit deeper into the tournament. So there, you have to kind of like weigh that since you can only use it once. Well, maybe um, that could be a good bridge. Maybe we, before we get into some, uh, Twitter has a bunch of questions for us and Amber, um, which we can get to. But do you guys want to talk about um, strategy maybe a little bit? Like how do you go match by match and, and plan kind of your, how you're going to focus on that round? Um would, would that be an interesting topic? You guys have yeah. sounds good to me. Strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amber, for you, like maybe we can start with like you don't have to call people out, obviously, but like when you go into a match, let's let's all highlight like our close matches, right? Like our our people we consider our rivals. Like what are the things that go through your head? What are you? What, how are you trying to strategize? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I was super, super lucky to be part of a lot of hype matches. Um, so I think looking at, um, yeah, I don't know what my, my closest one was. I'm going to talk about the one that I used my pocket pick on for Valkyrie Ascension. And that was mine against Eggy, where we got a pretty gnarly draw. So um, I forget what song she replaced uh, her pocket pick with. But I ended up using my pocket pick, which was Rapongi D, to replace Pluto Relinquish uh, Challenge. So um, I think, and and then I think our third song, what was our third song? It was something else. Um, but just looking at the card draw as a whole, I knew going into that match that Eggy, where she is better than I am in every way, is stamina and um her timing is still very solid so i was looking at it like okay i'm ready to use my pocket pick if i'm gonna get hard songs drawn against me and she's also somebody you know we play together a lot locally in seattle um our home arcade is the same one for ddr um so i think it was just fortunately at that point knowing sort of her strengths knowing my own weaknesses and acknowledging those and really looking for like is this the opportunity knowing that I have another match in my future to use my pocket pick? It felt like the right time and it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it was just 
being able to make that decision a little bit ahead of time. Um, and then if we should probably talk a little bit too about seeding and how qualifiers impact that all. Because for me, fortunately, you know, I seeded first for the Valkyrie tournament and that gave me a little bit more flexibility, it felt like. Um, though the card draw was pretty brutal. You should touch on that. I mean, so so what did seeding first give you? Like, what? how, how did that help you in the tournament? Yes. So um, every time I could, um, you know, whether it was for DDR uppers or for Valkyrie, um, I always wanted to veto second. Um, I always wanted to protect second. And I think it is just uh, based on the mm. chance that your opponent is going to veto the thing that you wanted to veto anyway um and also you know getting more information out of them too so looking for the things that they're thinking about trying to have a little bit of a poker face which i am bad at (laughs) we we all know (laughs) we all know there's no hiding you know emotions from me um but yeah just trying to get a little bit more of a read that way um to see you know what they're questioning um, you know, their own skill sets on. And then I think it really was for me just coming down to the songs I felt confident in, um, not necessarily the ones where I felt like I had more of an edge um, in terms of PB or anything else. It was just, what am I feeling right now? Because tournament days are long and exhausting. You eat weird, you sleep weird. So um, trying to go a little bit more intuitively too. Sweet. We're all, yeah. get, we're all getting so old. Remember so we old. used to like pile like ten people into like a hotel room and you would just like sleep on the floor. Like if we try to wake up and get really good scores the next day. Yeah. yeah. Or like How? or yeah, just get like trashed the night before. I remember four locos <laughs> yeah. and oh, tournaments. No. Like and just, I like what? How did we do that? Now wow. it's like, oh, I only got eight hours of sleep last night. I'm so tired. <laughs> and just like pounding like three <laughs> monsters to like function. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think strategically it's the it really depends on the tournament rules, obviously, mm-hmm. and like whether, you know, you're, yeah, the the songs that come up in the card draw, whether the pocket pick mechanic is is there, and whenever I'm obviously the first thing you think about is like what do I know the person I'm playing, what are they good at, what are they not good at, and what am I like, am I better than them, at anything at all, <laughs> and. Uh, that's like a difficult thing especially if you don't know the players and at least when you know in in most modern tournaments we have you know pretty like standardized seeding where you know you know whether they're the high seed high seed or the low seed but uh in in the cases when it's close like i think that there's a lot of players especially nowadays who have made a lot of advances in like how good they are and I think that if you don't keep up with everybody who's playing in these tournaments, then you might be wrong. I totally agree with that. I there yeah. were there were so many instances, and I, I think that for the as far as the motivation topic goes, watching so many players in this tournament who are so much better now than I thought that they were, like uh, the the first name that comes to mind is uh, Max Cerna, Cerna ML. Yep. Who top sixteen? Like he he played so well during that tournament. That, I mean, he he was top eight. Top eight. Something. Yeah, he yeah, played so eight. well during that tournament. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, last year or maybe a couple of years ago when we were we were playing in tournaments and we were doing pretty much the same. He was getting scores that are like very similar to mine. And I was like, oh yeah, we're basically the same. And like watching him in this tournament, I'm like, you know, if I would have played him, 
I, I could have made just like the absolute wrong decisions yeah. on like what to play. Mm-hmm. And so I think strategically paying attention to everybody in the scene is like actually important. 100%. If you're like, if you want to be a competitive player, which I'm assuming half the people who are listening to this do like being, just being familiar with like what the players are, are getting like the scores that they're posting, mm-hmm. like what they're proud of the stuff that they're not posting about like are the do they do they post about air heroes like expert and like star mine or do they post about pluto the first and chaos yeah. and it's like right. so you, you just got to kind of feel it out a little bit yeah i mean there's that guy uh T T three lies T three A yeah T three A milk lies milk T who I, is from SoCal yeah but just like liter- he's a San Diego player yeah, he kind of dumpstered everybody yeah <laughs> he was going off yeah like, he's yeah like just every tournament that he shows up at he just gets so better and better mm-hmm. like and but I don't think he's really active on Twitter I mean he might he might be in Discord or something but. It's just like have if I had to play him in a tournament, I'd be like, I have no idea what you're good at. But he played uh like Blew My Mind Challenge or like Yeah. Something and just like destroyed it, which I had to play it against Sappy and I got wrecked on it. Like Yeah, what would have even happened if you would have played him? Yeah. yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Same um, with Desk Lamp. Yeah, like so and good. ridiculous scores. Yeah. So maybe it's a good idea if you're listening and you wanna win tournaments, don't post your scores <laughs> and uh just yeah. Fly out, fly under the don't, radar. Don't let anyone know what you're good at. <laughs> I can say though, like I, so I, I was second seed, and I also I agree with everything Amber said, and I don't care if you share or do not share your scores because I am the type of um, capital G gamer that will go on EMUs <laughs> and stalk your data, no matter whether it's you know you're sharing it or not, just so I am aware of where you're at skill skill level wise. Yeah. And so that's definitely for me the first thing I do when I look at my bracket is I look at my potential paths like if i lose at this match i go here then i would play this person or this person this person or this person and so i'm looking at everyone's scores i know where everybody is i take meticulous notes i know what i'm supposed to play versus everybody um and for people that i play with all the time you know like like stretch dalton chris like nor norcal my norcal family like i already know you all so i don't need to stalk you quote unquote but everybody else i'm definitely like i got my eyes on people i want to make sure that the i think for me the number one thing is information right so do i know what i am the best at do i know what they are the worst at what is the delta what how do i make decisions based on those two pieces of information is the delta delta max uh, almost never. Yeah. You both, you both are such capital G gamers. <laughs> Who's both? Who, who me or Roger? Oh, well, I was the supposed to get you, Dalton, but, oh, okay. all right, the Delta is you three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love, like, I love competing and I love, like, I think for me, like, the, going back to our earlier topic, like, the motivation for me is to continue competing. Like, I love competition and i love like i love aspiring to beat chris i think it's just like so fun like it's just like an endless treadmill yeah just trying to catch up to players like chris who is really like tier negative one when you think about like if you think about tier zero being like the top like i think i think chris is almost like has transcended what that looks like because yeah it's it's difficult to really talk about like some of his stuff is just what what he's doing without just you know like it's like, it's almost worth like not even worth talking about. It's really not. It's just he's just on another plane. Like I think tier zero, we should say like our KAC finalists. Yeah. And then kind of go like point five tiers from there. Um, but like man, what a player. 
Yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris, so to, to, on the topic of Chris, he won the Infinity Stage tournament. He did. Like, never, I don't think he lost a single song. He didn't. He didn't lose a single song to anyone. He didn't use his pocket pick, which was uh, Fascination Max. I came closest. I got him minus four EX on Puberty Dysthymia. Oh, yeah, that was close. I should have won that. So close. And, you know, just just watching him, like, how how do you stay motivated when you're thinking about Chris? Because whenever I I think about Chris, sometimes I'm just like, (laughs) is that, like, I just can't do that. I don't have the time for that. I don't have the the dedication for that. I got other other stuff to do. In my head, I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I don't want to be that good. Even (laughs) though I really do. Sure. You want to be that good, you just don't want to put in all the time yeah. and effort. I don't want to go to round one four time, four nights a week. And Yeah. Well, I know, so uh, I'll answer first, and I'll, I know Amber's been grinding a lot of DDR. Really yeah, how do you too, both, so, like, yeah, you, you I, both yeah. have been playing a lot. Me and Dalton kind of have not. I know, you've been on hiatus, I know. But, um, so quickly, I'll just say, like, for me, like, for me, my goal is not to be Chris, but it is to beat Chris. And so, like, I see that as kind of, like, the end game. Like, he is the, the end boss of DDR. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, when I play him, I feel absolutely nothing but joy, um, which was beautifully captured by uh, Bimani-style photographer Steve, uh, aka Error. Um, you can see in my face I am... I feel blessed to be on the same pad as him in the grand finals uh, as it was for this tournament, but like, oh, very basically whenever. Just gotta say. Basically whenever. Thanks. So like, I, yeah, it's just like, so I think it's all about your perspective. When you step on the pad, when you think about the scores DDR gets, are or <laughs> the scores Chris gets on DDR, uh, do you think... Do you count yourself out immediately, like Roger was saying? If you do, I would say that that's, like, not the right attitude to have if your goal is to be the best. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know what I mean? It's difficult. I Kind of like a cyclical thing. Whenever, yeah, whenever I go play, a lot of times I watch Chris videos before I mm-hmm. go to the arcade. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think, <clears throat> I think his MFC videos specifically are the ones that I can like relate to because i i watched his elemental creation mfc mm-hmm. video like a bunch of times and i'm like you know like i can i can see how you do it you know like before he did it it wasn't clear to me that it could be done yeah and then he did it and i was like oh okay like it's it's like possible to do that it's yeah like all you, you just have to memorize it and play it on 2.5 x <laughs> <laughs> but i think that that is like that so that is like that is the end result and I think being results-oriented isn't, like, a super good way to play DDR. Yeah. And I made a Facebook post about this, talking about my experience with Infinity Stage, which was, again, amazing. But I think it's, like, the idea is, like, you have to enjoy the game and enjoy practicing. Because what you don't see in Chris's video, where he MFC's Elemental Creation, is the 300 tries it took to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, Chris is slogging through that with blood, sweat, and tears the entire way until he gets that goal. Um, but I think you have to enjoy... Like the process, yeah, the process before you can enjoy the results. So I'll toss it to Amber because I know, again, she's been like gushing about DDR lately. So I'd love to <laughs> hear her answer this as well. No, totally. And I mean, I think, yeah, at this point in, you know, where I am competitively with DDR, you know, Chris is completely untouchable. But I also like exactly like you said, Omid, it is really about the perspective of the amount of work that it takes to get good at this game because you know it's it's a highly physical video game with a lot of just technique 
and accuracy and all of these things that take a lot of time to to do and to learn. And so I think for me, it's just a really healthy reality check when I'm like, you know, man, I played that song four times in a row and I flagged it. And then you get really, you know, these underlying details of Chris grinding for these MFCs where you're like, damn, like that is amazing to know just as a gut check for myself, you know, where I, I have so much more to do to get to that point. And so it's not like I'm failing. It really is just I need to continue to work. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I think it's really exciting to see Chris get the scores that he does, um, even though right now it's something that I can't touch because it does show everyone, you know, the the possibilities of this game. I, um, yeah. I, I like, like, one of the things I really like about Chris's uh, sort of his internet like persona nowadays is that he likes to post how many tries that it took him to get something Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that's like a definite shift from like the way ddr players have acted before where it's like you post a score you don't tell anyone how many tries it took you don't tell anyone how many days that you've been trying it like like out of shame which doesn't make any sense it's like it's like out of shame and you also want to like sort of like brag yeah. at the same time you, yeah. you like be like oh yeah i just i just went to the arcade i got this score i'm not you know mm-hmm. no details on on any of it but yeah. but chris is like yeah i went i played fascination eternal love mix like nine hundred thousand times <laughs> and right. then i finally got it and like it's it's so respectable he's almost he's almost bragging how many times he had to yeah. do it yeah which is a is a I think it's a it's a great like change in the way that people totally talk agree. about this stuff. Totally agree. Yeah. Like he's he's bragging about the work ethic in the in a way that isn't like like boastful. It, yeah, yeah. Which is like to me just yeah. awesome. Like it's so like that is that's why I aspire to uh, play DDR like him because yeah. his work ethic is 110%. So his scores are 110%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, did we want to move on to some questions that we got from from people? Yeah, let's t- talk about some questions. I think Amber got some as well. Yeah, we yeah. She sent Ask while she's here. on here. Yeah. So uh, Snaz said, uh, would you say that accuracy is the most important rhythm game skill uh, as opposed to speed or technique or anything else? I'll quickly say that accuracy is what wins tournaments. Was this directed at Amber? Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. If if Amber, I mean, uh, I, it, it's not directed at specifically anybody, <laughs> but. Well, that's my answer. Yeah, a- accuracy I mean, I wins think, tournaments. I think it depends. You know, do you want to play to win tournaments, or do you want to play to to get better and enter more tournaments? Um, or do you case, wanna, I mean, do you want to just play to have fun? Lose yeah, weight. Yeah. There's so many reasons. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I would, I think I kind of default to technique first because with technique comes refinement and you can work on it from there. I mean, I think you need to be a well-rounded player in order to win tournaments, in order to be, you know, really great at this game. Um, And it's just a number of different skill sets. I think, you know, it's accuracy, stamina, it's foot speed, it's song knowledge, it's a lot of different things um but i think for me i think the driving force is technique behind really driving improvement mm-hmm. yeah i mean like you can be accurate you can have a hundred mfcs on 10 footers but then you have to play in a tournament where it starts at 
you know, 13s and 14s. And, you know, if you can't even, you know, PFC, I mean, if you probably can, but you, you know what I mean? Like, if you can't play the higher level stuff, it's not going to be any good in, in a tournament, you know, no matter how many, like, low-level MFCs you have. So you, you have to balance things. Like, I mean, it's great, like, if that's how you enjoy the game, if that's the level, like, you like playing the game, um, like, go for it. That's amazing. Um, I don't have the patience to, to get that <laughs> many MFCs, uh, but I totally respect anybody who does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's just about kind of how you want to approach the game or, like, why what you get out of it. That's 100% the first question. Yeah, yeah. I, personally, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think the accuracy stuff is the most fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously being able to do, like, really crazy tech stuff is, like... You can't be accurate if you can't do it at all. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the, the most important thing, especially with DDR, where the tournaments are, are based around EX score. And, you know, you, you don't... I, I would say that if you're, like, a developing player, you, you probably don't want to optimize too hard on accuracy too early. It's, like, if you're, if you're just, like, you know, getting, you know, full combos or... PFCs like on you know 13s 14s 15s I I wouldn't worry too much about like trying to make your your accuracy like amazing right then because you get you you can get stuck on a plateau like me where you don't uh you you don't develop the technique for the stamina songs so I would say don't worry about it like if you if it makes you feel really good maybe uh maybe do some stuff that makes you feel bad (laughs) on purpose yeah doing stuff doing stuff that makes you feel bad is what makes you a better player yeah yeah and i think for me you know one of my biggest takeaways from infinity stage is just identifying my weaknesses you know am i really good at ishtar i think i am am i not so great at prey i'm really not so great at prey. so (laughs) i think i think it is just you know learning a set of skills and continuing to grow and refine them as you go Mm -hmm. uh and carrie asks uh for amber what are your DDR goals to close out the year now that you won Valkyrie? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I really, so I have been deep into life for, and if we want to talk about other motivators, that's a big one for me. Um, so by the end of the year, I really want to hit Amethyst. Um, so I got to, yeah, we got to go into hard stuff and I'm not super looking forward to it, but I know where it's where I need to improve. Um, so I got to get the 19 clear lamp. I got to improve, I think, three 18s and then get maybe five more 16 PFCs. So I'll be super happy if I get that done. Um, yeah, by the end of this year. You can do it. I believe I hope in you. So. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Um, uh, Keekster says, uh, how did Amber get so cool? <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, am I supposed to answer that one? I don't know. I don't think I'm cool. <laughs> I think I think being in the scene for a long time did it. Okay. I think her big ass heart did it. She's just oh. I, it's, Amber's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life, and it's hard to say how much she cares about everybody. Yeah, because she does. Very very well, true. What more can I you can, say? I can personally attest to that fact. 
Um, I think it's just all the DDR. It's just all the DDR. (laughs) It's done your brain, right? Uh, One (laughs) thing that a lot of people may not know about you, Amber, is that you've also TO'd a fairly popular um, remote ace tournament called Summer Fairy Tale um, that yours truly uh, placed very highly in in both uh, the co-ed and the... uh, upper division yeah it's a very uh, good very nice way of saying you won <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh Paul... mean, means nothing if not humble <laughs> <laughs> polly polly asks will we ever get summer fairy tale 2 p.s congrats on your first place victory oh that's so nice um yes i so i have been thinking very hard about it and i really really want to continue the series on um i think it's just a matter of timing and a matter of uh, yours truly uh, finding the brain, the brain capacity to yeah. do it. So totally, totally want to. If anyone wants to help, yeah, let me know. Just at me on Twitter at Nuggety. Uh, I would love more support, but I would love to make it happen for sure. Uh, Desklamp asks, uh, where did the names Ambones and Nuggety come from? Oh, that's a great question. So Ambones is um, pretty easy. My name's Amber. Um, I whine a lot, and uh, I also I also run sometimes. So I run at least a half marathon every year. And one of my good friends during college, whenever I would get home, she's like, "How how are your bones feeling?" So started calling me Am Bones, and just stuck. Um, Nuggety was just a very silly like chicken nuggets based thing. So. It's still stuck around, but... Which is uh, ironic, because you're vegan, right? I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't eat I don't eat chicken, but Nuggety is sort of stuck around. Ambones has stuck around a little bit more. Have you heard of Nugs? There's there's a new there's a new fake chicken nugget called Nugs. Oh yeah, we haven't no. t- we haven't talked about is it with food. A Z? We, we haven't talked about food nearly enough on this episode. I'm so excited. No. Just, yeah, just, just search for it. I think it's a very interesting product. I think what they're doing is they're trying to do the uh like the impossible beyond yes. meat thing except for chicken nuggets, which I think is a great thing to do. I just Am- started Amber's sweating well, in right? excitement. Yeah. yeah. Amber, you're vegan, yes? Yes. Yeah, so it's perfect. I love it. Yeah, I want. I mean, I want to talk all day about the Impossible Burger. So, Roger, if you're ever thinking about, you know, a spinoff or a different podcast around the Impossible Burger, let me know. I mean, did, right. didn't you just you just did a live stream about it? Yeah, I did. I did a live stream about <laughs> <Did> about <you? laughs> yeah about the Impossible Burger and uh, the Carl's Jr. Beyond Meat Burger. So, what was the verdict? I, I liked the Carl's Jr. version better. I. I think they had like a smoke. The smokier taste helped me. I think, but let's let's <laughs> stick with DDR. <laughs> uh, um, let's see if there are more questions here. There's a lot. Yeah, I know. Thank you to everybody who who wrote in uh, with questions for us. Uh, SF Turnip uh, Mason asks: Do all of you on the panel have a set you warm up with? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I like to warm up with either 10s or 14s. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. It depends on like how much time I have at the arcade. If I have a limited amount of time, then I kind of warm up with harder stuff, mm-hmm. like 15s or 14s and 15s. If I if I'm going to if I know I'm going to be there for like 3 or 4 hours, then I start with like I'll play this someone will choose a song, I'll play it on difficult. Yeah. Yeah, you know. If I have to pick one song that almost always makes it into my first set, though, it's Sandblow Expert because it's just like mm. one of my favorite charts. I I played that as my warm up 
Yeah, I think it's really good. Set or yeah, because I mean, it really gets your legs moving with those crossovers. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I usually go for Zephyranthes. Yeah, which, which I think is a really well. Yep. I'm stupid and I play like fourteens, fifteens, and sometimes. No, I'd agree. I'd agree with seventeens on my on my first set. It's but... it's like relatively fast, but the patterns are pretty simple. Yeah, and it like starts out kind of slow. So you're warming up during the yeah, song. Yeah, you're warming up during the song. Yeah. Like it, it starts out like a little bit more sparse with just kind of eighth notes and then by the end you get a lot more sixteenths. So like even within the song you're kind of warming up as you go. So that's kind of this my... has got this has got to be a California thing because I feel like I I tackle it so differently. So I'm like generally always playing 14s and 15s for my warm-up set Mm -hmm. and typically like what i navigate to is songs that i'm trying to pfc that i haven't yet but i've played a lot so like for example i know like during some of my warm-ups recently i was playing trip machine phoenix expert a lot just to see how it would shake out and like set the tone for the day or like I don't know, um, Destination, I think, was another one, um, just to see, like, how my reflexes were feeling and how my timing was feeling early on. So it's so interesting, and I kind of want to try going towards easier stuff just after hearing this. So think, I'm getting some good advice. I think it sets the, like, if you're if you're playing easier stuff, it sets your uh, accuracy kind of in stone mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quick, mm-hmm. I think. So That's I, why I do it. I mean, you know, I, I don't play easy stuff but i i also don't play stuff that i'm working on for my warm-up sets usually like unless i'm yeah maybe i should like when i was just working on like four like the 14 folder like then i would and try and knock some out my first set but like i usually consider my first set to be like a wash like i use it as a warm-up set so like i'm playing stuff like i already have like an sdp on on zephyranthes but like which actually i got in a warm-up set of all things but uh like like you know i play stuff that i'm not going to get mad at if i don't do well on you know because you don't want to start off like trying really hard to get a score and then like you're not really warmed up and you hurt yourself or something well not even hurt yourself you just hurt your brain yeah for, like yeah, you <laughs> get tilted for no reason. yeah you feel bad about yourself you're like you know if i try too hard my first set of like really wanting to like pfc a new song and i like can't do it immediately like and usually your MA is not that great first of the day anyway. This is why, why you play love, tense. Yeah, well, I mean, I love yeah. playing with people. Like, I know I am I may be a quote-unquote top player that has, like, a hot take. Like, I, I like to play socially. Like, I like other people to be there because, like, my warm-up set, my dream warm-up set is I play Versus with someone who's really nice and they just pick all four songs. Like, that's my <laughs> yeah. ideal warm-up set. Yeah. And I'll play 17s, I'll play 19. I don't I don't really care. I just don't want to have to pick because of reasons that everybody's kind of touched on, which is just, like, staying out of my own head. Like, the fact that it's, like, random means I might just get a random upscore, I'm, but it doesn't matter because I didn't pick the song, so I'm not tied to any outcome. Yeah. yeah. Just like all this, like, or, all this attached yeah, stuff. Yeah, or, or you, you downstream play stuff. stuff that you wouldn't otherwise play. Play stuff I wouldn't otherwise yeah. play. Like, if I already have a lamp, like, if I already, like, if, like, Felmo, if I, like, if I have Felmo uh, PFC and I have, like, Felmo Expert PFC and I have the difficult PFC, then I'll just play the basic, and it's just, like, I'm just warming up. Like you said, like you said, it's a wash, like, whatever. I'll get the, you know, five perfects on basic, whatever. Yeah, I'm I mean, so maybe, excited to have a controversial opinion. <laughs> yeah, what, what, do it. Controversy. I love it. I love having my controversial opinion. I'm owning it. It's so exciting. Yeah. Well, I'll, maybe we should switch strategies and just try it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try out the songs I want to I wanna PFC. On, on I, I mean, like, even <laughs> with the qualifiers, like, 
like trying to play qualifiers like the first set of the day like you go to the arcade and you're like i'm gonna play the qualifiers right now and like trying to play them the first set of the day can be so disheartening like, well got 55 perfects on horatio and three greats and two misses <laughs> yeah that's that's specific to horatio and not the first set of yeah, the day. that's true yeah I don't know. I, I checked. Shout out Horatio. to Horatio. <laughs> no shout outs to Horatio. I, I no played high outs. school. I played high school love and got like thirty on it. Yeah, like Horatio. Just not quite there. Um, MLG Pro MI says uh, for Amber, should KAC have separate women's title for DDR like Poppin Music does? Uh, why is Poppin the only game that has that? I think it is anyway. Weird. Um, and then who would be the most interesting competition in this hypothetical category? Oh my god, this is such a layered question and I'm like throwing my arms up in the air with excitement <laughs> because a thousand percent KAC should have a women's division. I mean, I think like any any tournament, you know, think about having a women's division because seeing women in competitive atmospheres is going to drive more women to play and it's so exciting. Um, so yeah, thousand percent. I have no idea why pop and music is the only one that has a women's division. Um, so TBD on that answer, I'm just not sure. Um, and then the last part was who would be amazing in it? Like who, who would be the most interesting competition? Like who, who do you think would be kind of up there at the top? It, well, it's, it so depends on how they do uh, KAC qualifying, right? But, yeah, true. Uh, that that kind of aside, I mean, I think all the women that we saw in top four for Valkyrie Ascension are just such incredible candidates. Um, there are so many incredible Japanese women players. Um, 417 is incredible. Rabbit N is so incredible. Shizuka is really, really amazing at this game. Yeah. Um, I kind of yeah, I, I kind of wonder if there was a women's division, if that would, like, inspire more women to, like, play the absolutely. harder stuff it's, more. It seems like a great idea. I feel like yes. Shizuka would pop the F off because yes. she has some crazy videos. She's so good. On 19s. Yeah. When I, <laughs> like when I, when I, pl- when I played with her in, in Kaiden uh, video, a Kaiden video. Yeah. When I, I played with her, uh, Kawasaki warehouse when I was in Japan and, oh and, and I was just kind of like, like, Oh, you want to play, play a game together? And she's like, she's like, sure. And I was like, Oh, you can pick the first song. And she just goes like straight to the 17 folder. <laughs> and it's just like half of them are like green full comboed. I was like, yeah. oh my god! If you if you haven't heard of Shizuka, Brasoni is her husband, so that's how you might know her from the scene. There, they uh, he proposed to her at a uh, qualifying tournament in Japan. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think uh, Kathwin too. Um, oh yeah, yes. she she, she didn't is yes. really good. yeah she she, she didn't enter DDR this time because she's been focusing more on pump lately. She so she was at Infinity Stage, but she entered mm-hmm. pump because uh, she's been yeah focusing on that a little bit more. But I think if she had the right motivation uh, for Casey, totally, uh, she Big could time. she could destroy too. And yourself, Amber. Konami, you I, gotta I, do I, it. I know you can't say yourself. We know you're I'll, listening, Konami. I'll say it for you that <laughs> you'd be you. right up there too. So, thank you. Um, Konami, please. Uh, and Cygnus asks, uh, what do you think holds a lot of female players back from getting? better at dance games um and what has made you a better player yeah um i mean i think i think just pushing the boundaries of what you're comfortable with um i think it's it's interesting and it's hard because i feel like i can really only speak for myself right um ddr is so fascinating because it is such a highly visible game so you have to physically walk into an arcade 
and physically put a credit in and physically move your feet in front of a bunch of people. And that can be like really uncomfortable for a woman playing video games. Um, so to get to that point where, you know, you are not just working on things that you're comfortable with, but adding this other layer of, you know, I'm going to start trying hard songs and I could potentially fail things and it can be really uncomfortable. And I feel like that's, that's a universal. I don't know. I don't think that's specifically for women, but I think that's for a lot of players within the game. You find the things that you're good at and you sort of stick with it. Um, but yeah, I, I know for me personally, that was a big hurdle to get over where I just needed to be okay with not crushing every song or every score that I was playing. Um, so I think, yeah, having the Valkyrie Dimension tournaments really pushed the boundaries of what I thought I could do has been a huge change in my own perspective. I think having a sense of community where you can see what other women are capable of. So all the ladies that we've already talked about, seeing their scores really pushes me um, to want to do more of my best. And then now I think it is just this additional, really exciting layer of women's tournaments. So really giving this different level of visibility for women who take this game super seriously and dedicate you know, time and energy and money and travel commitments to you know not just learning and getting better, but also to competing against one another. So I... I mean, I think there are just some natural barriers towards progression, um, but I'm hopeful that this is the best spot we've ever been in as a community to sort of break them down. Mm -hmm. so I don't know. If, I don't know if that answered the question, but um, there's just a lot of things to be really excited about. I think as a woman player in this I, game right now, it seems like you know the DDR community. From what I've seen across the time I've been in the scene, it, the DDR community has always been good about uh, women being in the scene, I feel yeah. like, compared to other gaming communities. And I think part of it is probably due to the fact that it's a very social game. And, you know, it's... I, I think that because you have to go someplace and talk to people, it's, it tends to sort of, like, maybe sand off the rough edges from the players and mm -hmm. maybe... That kind of has some factor. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like, I like there's such good diverse representation of both like ch like everything from gender to like sexuality to like ethnicity. Like, there's just and everybody is accepting of everybody else. It's it's really cool to see. And I think the more we can create these kinds of spaces, supportive spaces, you know, Valkyrie, Life Four, etc. It's, it's just awesome. Like, I I agree with Amber. Like, I don't think DDR has ever been like this awesome. Yeah. Um, kind of on that note, actually, we had a question sort of about this uh, from Kevin Turner on Twitter, um, who basically says, like, compared to other esports, like, you know, DDR mm -hmm. does have a pretty good representation of, of women at the highest levels of play. Like, do you think there is something different about uh, the That's DDR true. scene that allows or encourages better representation? That's really interesting. I mean, I, I think it's... I would have given you a different answer probably a year ago. Um, and I think it is just because there are such strong women right now in this community who are really taking on these big initiatives and, you know, really just investing a lot of their own time and resources into building communities. So I think it's just part of it is just this fearlessness of 
wanting to do something and then doing it yourself instead of just, you know, waxing poetic on what could be. Um, I mean, I can't thank the Galaga ship enough for putting the structure of this tournament together. Um, you also have to look towards events around sort of the dance game community that have inspired it and propelled it forward. So you have to mention Girl Apocalypse. That's also going on this weekend. So fun fact, you should watch it. But yeah, just a you know, ITG competitive tournament in foot speed and stamina and timing where it is elevating women competitors to a different level. Um, you know, Bay Science is another one too with uh, Pump It Up. So um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of women who are putting in the time to make these spaces happen. So that's, I mean, it's really, really incredible. Oh, uh, Nock asks, how lightly or heavily should I be stepping when trying to score on fast stamina draining songs? When I step, or when I watch Amber play, I notice I can hardly hear her steps. Which is, it's crazy that he can't hear your steps. I mean, because you just have those big honking feet. <laughs> that just like, just make such big impacts. So I don't know they, how it... You got clown shoes over here. That's what they call me at my local arcade. <laughs> clown shoes Amber. <laughs> oh, that's, it's such a good question because I feel like I'm the anomaly where I don't step loudly. And a lot of people, I think, who are, you know high level players or like really good MA players step pretty heavily and I just don't. I think I'm I'm just gonna blame it on, you know, anti clown feet. Um yeah. <laughs> anti clown technology. Yeah. Well I mean it, shoes also play a, a a factor in that. That like different shoes make different sounds. Like I totally. I, I switched from my Nike Freeze and I, I started I just gave a shot to these like New Balances, New Balance six 39s or something like that um which they have like a much more solid bottom to them mm. than you know than the squishy bottom of the nike freeze and they definitely made like a much louder sound which i feel like was good for ma and stuff but mm. uh they were not as flexible so i could not do crossovers in them mm. uh i think there's a lot of good players who step lightly too like uh matt magden he, mm. he steps pretty lightly and he's mm -hmm. incredibly good kevin kevin bodie he steps pretty lightly. And reads slow. So it's like, you know, I, I think if you can get away with stepping lightly and getting Marvelouses, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. Just, just but... whatever works for you. But I mean, I do think it is important, uh, you know, on those higher level songs to try to rein in your your technique a little bit. Because it slows you down. And your form. Yeah. I mean, if you're stomping that loud, like... You're, it, it slows you down and it uses more energy. So like, you kind of have to find that sweet spot, like depending on whatever score you're going for. Like if I'm playing an 18, I'm not necessarily going for like a marvelous on every single step. Like I'm going for a perfect. So mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, it's kind of a different sort of mindset when you're playing those higher level things that um, you can't go. And like, unless you're like Chris, like you can't go 100% on every single step. Um, yeah. like you kind of have to make a little bit of sacrifices to balance out the whole song. Cause like, if you go super hard at the beginning, you're going to tire yourself out halfway through. Yeah. And I think another interesting thing too. Um, so another 
really cool thing just from participating in the tournament over the weekend was watching, you know, parts of the Twitch stream where for me, I don't get a whole lot of opportunity to really scrutinize my form. And so going back to just watch how I play things, you know, is really changing my perspective on things I can experiment with. And um, yeah, so I think part of that is just looking at, you know, where are you expending too much energy? Is the energy that you're using, like, is it impacting how loudly you're stepping? Is that something you can do a little bit differently? But I think at the end of the day, you know, for for me at least, just trying to be open to trying different styles or different, you know, ways to hit arrows, um, all four of them, you know, it's it's just interesting <laughs> because it does, you learn things from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Total non sequitur, but my... Uh, one of my coworkers asked, how was your weekend? And I said, oh, it had some ups and downs. <laughs> and 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 she's, well, I, which I literally met, or, I, you know, I met, it had some sure. ups and downs. And she goes, oh, like, what were the ups? And I said, oh, well, I did this DDR tournament thing. And she goes, oh, so it had up, downs, lefts, and rights. That's so good. <laughs> nice, uh, good. She's very clever. Nice, nice. Um, I think that's enough questions. Should we move on to our tap set of the week? Let's do it. What do we think? And Bones, do you want to kick and us bones. off? And Bones. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, I will. I can start. My pick is going to be uh, Rapongi Evolved version D. Um, so this was my pocket pick during Valkyrie Ascension. And I think my most recent 15 PFC, it's a good song to be good at, and it's a good song to know. So, Get out there and learn it. Learn the weirdness. Embrace it. It's so strange, but it's so much fun. Nice. Yeah, I would get wrecked on that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to read it slow. You do. Because it has a fast section. Sure does. Or you can use 7+. Plus. You can. You can. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Be a Hero because uh, I think that that was one of my favorite matches in the round robin for Valkyrie. Um, my friend Sarah versus my friend Sarah. Um, <laughs> really, really good match. Um, Sai Sarah, the NorCal Sarah, she ended up uh, tripling all the 17s she played in the in the round robin, which is super impressive. Uh, as we talked about earlier, Eggy Sarah ended up getting uh, 51p PFC, which is insane, to PFC 17s in a tournament. So that's my choice. Be a hero. Not necessarily expert, though you can definitely try if you if you want. I mean, do you have anything to say about the song itself? Be hero, da 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 da. I mean it's just like it's no, it's it's not a good song. Do you do you like I don't it? Like it. Do you I don't like it? Like it. Do you I like it better than hype. Catch Our Fire? I I like it a lot less than Catch Our Fire. Because mm-hmm. I think Catch Our Fire is a more fun song to listen to and it has better steps. And it has better sync. See, so. there I played Be a Hero the other day, actually. And I'm com- I'm coming around I'm coming around on it. Actually. Yeah, it's, I mean it's a perfectly I, acceptable song. I think it's good actually. It's fun. They're like both of those, Be Hero and Catch Our Fire, are like they're different types of seventeens yeah. than than really anything else. Um, yeah, I think they're good actually. Yeah, it's just like uh, DDR doesn't really have the straightforward streamy seventeens. So. Yeah, it's so. a very ITG chart, which yeah, is probably so. why Iggy was good at it. Yeah, because um, of their background with ITG. Yeah. They could pass like eight teams on ITG, like stamina. I mean, crazy stuff. Like insane. I, I don't. Just I don't understand how it's possible. Honestly. Yeah. Um. I also don't understand how it's possible how Spanish Snowy Dance is so good. <laughs> God. It's so good. 
Um, this just... set's going to be the worst. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's my pick. That was my pocket pick. And that's going to be my tap set of the week pick. Um, because both the Expert 15 and the Challenge 17 are quite challenging. They are. Uh, I, the, the 15's spicy. almost a 16, and the 17's kind of almost an 18. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both very good charts. And they do sort of different things. Like, the 15 actually has foot switches in it. Uh, sort of like the end of Wendy Fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the 17 doesn't, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it kind of has, like... Backward staircases. Well, you know, <laughs> it has that too. Um, and, yeah, 24th bursts. Um, it, it just has everything in it. It has jumps. It has the step-step jumps. It has crossovers. It has 24ths, which I love any song that has 12ths and 24ths in it. That's just, like, incredibly good. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, Spanish Snowy Dance, I apologize, is my pick. Hard as hell. I'm going to choose uh, Nageki no Ki, uh-huh. which I think we picked before, but I don't care. <laughs> and I, I was watching a bunch of uh, DDR videos earlier today, just, you know, just looking at charts. And I, just, I was looking at the challenge chart. And I was like, you know, this is really good. It's like a totally doable 18 i think you think i think so <laughs> is that why only like six people at pfc did? well okay maybe maybe it's not doable <laughs> in the sense of, of the pfc but i think that as far as it, it's not gimmicky mm-hmm. there's no speed changes yeah so uh it's also got some like really just like really fun crossover stuff and some bracketing yeah so uh play that you could also play the 16 which is an expert or any of the other charts too Whatever, i think i mean the difficult's probably what a twelve? Yeah, it's 13. probably like a twelve. Yeah, maybe eleven. I think I think they're all pretty good. Yeah, it's a unique song. It's not it's not especially danceable, but uh, it, it'll it'll test your MA because the dr- there's no like hard drums going on, and uh, so you have to pay attention to the music and. I, I like it. It's from 2DX, and it's one of my favorite. It's actually one of my favorite charts in 2DX. The hyper is an eleven, and the another is a twelve. So 2DX goes to twelve. So very, very tough on the home game as well. Amber, do you have any feelings about Nageki no Ki? I mean, it was the song that knocked me out of top 16 in Infinity Stage, so I have a lot of feelings. But, oh, yeah, no, it's a great song. It's a great song. Um, yeah, it's a solid chart, I think, on any difficulty. Yeah. Sweet. Well, so that's your tap set of the week. Uh, you can share your scores on Twitter using hashtag tap set of the week. Um, we'll retweet it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll tell yeah, you. We, we will retweet it, and a lot of people will f- will like the tweet after we retweet it. So mm-hmm. if you want to get likes and retweets, post about it. I will personally commit to a like. I will. I will personally do that. that that's just plus two right there. That's the Ambones guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I'll, I think I'll play the set this week. Same. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm, I'm usually good for a like as well. So. Yeah. It's just any score that comes across my Twitter feed. Yeah. Just like. Well, not. You're proud of that. Yeah. Love it. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Amber. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. You guys are the best. Yeah. Um, Go women's tournaments. Watch Girl Apocalypse this weekend. It's going to be so exciting. Oh, yeah. A bunch of the the girls went to to France. 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 Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. For for the Girl Apocalypse uh, ITG tournament. Um, It's like stamina, foot speed, very, very hard stuff. Um, so that's going to be streaming. I think the the Twitch channel, it's like Girls Apocalypse, actually, isn't it? It sounds right. I think so. Um, but yeah, just check it out. You can post I, it in our show notes. Yeah, or, or uh, 
we'll retweet them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out Girl Apocalypse. We'll be uploading some YouTube videos of Infinity Stage to our YouTube channel. So if you're if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash C slash SF Evolved. I think that's the URL. And uh, follow us on Twitter, SF underscore Evolved on Twitter, SF underscore Evolved on Twitch. Um, we're really excited to to get those videos up because I think there's a lot of really great matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch the replay on Twitch right now, but yeah, you can. we want to sort of solidify it a little bit more. Exactly. And if you attended uh, Infinity Stage feel free to check out the Twitter handle uh, at Infinity Stage SJ and check out a couple tweets down. Um, we posted a feedback form, so let us know if you attended what you thought of the event. Um, totally anonymous. Uh, you don't have to tell us who you are. We want to hear any good and bad feedback um, so we can make this even better next year. Yeah, and maybe we'll have a feedback form about the uh, the stream as well. We had, we had we, 452 wow. followers, I think, or uh, viewers, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, viewers. Oh yeah, on Twitch, which is a wow. record for us. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to like talk about it as if we're bragging, but I think that you know that that really shows the momentum of the DDR scene right now. And as it's the most we've ever had on our channel, I think it's the most that anyone in a, in a U.S. tournament has ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, yeah. it's great. It the feels great. Thing, yeah, the only thing I can think of that eclipsed that was Super Extra Exclusive, which mm-hmm. was streamed in, you know, multinationally and, you know, on multiple channels like YouTube and Twitch. So, yeah, let's keep hosting tournaments. Yeah. Let's keep streaming. We got more events coming up. Yeah. Uh, we'll announce them as we know about them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. So. Yeah. Um, our intro and outro music is Watch It Burn by uh, Fraxtel. They have a new song out called so uh, good. called Head Headspace. Oh my God! By so good. Uh, under the moniker Ash Astral, um, and so actually, fun fact: uh, <laughs> the song the song was released like a oh, year ago. I played. Uh, there's a sim file for Ace Shaped, uh, which Very a lot of people 12. played mm-hmm. on ITG, um, and they were not aware that it was. They knew the chart was made by. Uh, Ash, Ash, but but not that the song was. It's kind of a, a secret secret thing. Um, but yeah, it was just released. So check that out. It's on YouTube uh, and everywhere else. Support dance game people who make music. Um, yeah, so I think that will do it for this week on the Arrow panel. If you have any feedback at all, if, you, if there's anything you want to hear about, just let us know on Twitter. Yep. And as always, uh, thank you for listening and thank, thank you, you for playing. playing.